Hi, Rachel. Yep, I'm here. Cool. So, I guess today, 24th, it's 4.30, and I'm talking to my dad, Dan Paternoster. How's it going? Pretty good. Excited to be doing this with you. Don't know what I'm going to say, so I'm waiting for you to ask a question. That's okay. <laughs> Do you have any stories that you've been thinking about today in particular? Not particular, other than I could tell you I've had one of the veterinarians that I came to work for here, Dr. Art Curry, stopped by our house, say hi. He was in town, but we guessed it correctly for the funeral for Doc Langdon. Oh. And um, so after we'd talked for a while, he asked how our girls were doing and your mom told them that about you and Mitchell and then about Sarah and then uh-huh. uh, as he was leaving I said well I'll probably see you at the funeral and I got there and found a seat I saw that he was back further talking with some people but Shortly after I sat down with one seat left in the row on my right, he came up and asked if he could sit there, and I said, sure. So I How do you know Doc Langdon? He was retired when I came here, but he lived on the street just across from the vet clinic there in town, and uh, he would often be at Alden Days when we'd go there for our Monday breakfast. And he always was sitting at a different table, but he was often there, and I'd always greet him out of respect. And um, mm-hmm. he got to, we got to where we recognized each other, and we got to talk about things like he was a pilot and had a Mooney, and so he liked telling stories about that. And nice. Was he a doctor? Like he was a, a veterinarian. A he veterinarian. was one of the, he, along with Dr. Eggleston, had started Fowlerville Veterinary Clinic. And then Harv Carlin joined them. So I don't know at what point Eggleston left, but Langdon and Carlin were Fowlerville Vet Clinic when Dr. Art Curry joined them. So he wasn't still working there when you joined? No, no, he was already retired. He graduated from MSU vet school before I was born. Oh, wow. Was the funeral today or yesterday? It was this afternoon. This afternoon. His birthday was later this month. He would have been 97 this month, so he was the person leading the funeral service commented that he was just three years short of 100. Yeah. <laughs> and most of that time he was healthy, though. Art said that the last couple of years have been pretty hard for him. 
Hmm. How long did you work with art? Um, I don't know. Was I he there was... when you joined? Yes, he and and Don Jaquette were the owners of Fowlerville Vet Clinic then, and Harv Carlin was still working there, but he was a separate independent business. I don't think he ever had a separate name for his business, so. Okay. Know. Was it separate because it was horses and you yes. didn't do the horses? Yep. Okay. Dr. Carlin did the horses and we did everything else. That's cool. So Art had come down from by Sheboygan where he lives Charlevoix where he lives now for the funeral and he stopped in at the Fowlerville Vet Clinic before coming by here and had talked with Deb and maybe some of the others but not many of them and got mm-hmm. current some of the current things and when he shared in the memoirs at the funeral he shared that that clinic had gone from three doctors to 13 doctors now. Wow. He said that he thought that it was the ethic of Doc Langdon that it was still with the clinic and was helping it to keep growing. I always told him to do the best that you can and Make sure that duties are covered and don't charge an arm and a leg for what you're doing. Uh-huh. Well, you guys were known for that. You were known for having fair pricing. That's why people always drove so far to come see everybody there. And, uh, and after I got done from the funeral, I went into Reggie's to get my hair cut. And while I was sitting there, I was sitting next to Sarah Wiley, who was wearing a Fowlerville Vet Clinic shirt, and she's working there now. I'm not sure what her title is, whether tech assistant. They're expanding still. That's great. She was there watching one of her sons get his hair cut. Mom said you got your curls cut off. Yep. Is your hair getting curly again? or? Well, it was getting long enough. That, uh, yeah, it's always been curly, but it gets long enough. So it's been a long... Do you want to grow it out like Sarah's and let you no, have long curls? No, not really. <laughs> Did you get your beard trimmed up too? Oh, I cut that myself yesterday. Okay. Why don't you tell her about Israel? She was there, but you could tell her what you liked best. Okay. So Sarah Wiley asked about the Israel trip, said she'd been bugging your mom to tell her about it, but since we were sitting there, why didn't I tell her some about it? <laughs> so I said, well... One of the things that stood out to me was visiting Caesarea Philippi. I've known that name from reading in the 
all my life practically, but I'd never realized really where it was or what it was. And mm-hmm. when we were there looking up at the side of the cliff with the little caves in it and the climbing trail up the face of it, being told that that was a place that had the places to worship the Greek and Roman gods. Yeah. And uh, that was the first I'd ever learned that. And to realize that that was where Jesus took his disciples to ask them, who do people say I am? And as mm-hmm. they were responding with all the different things that people were saying, and Jesus asked them, who do you say that I am? And Peter responded with this, Messiah, Son of God. And Jesus responds back to him of, thank the Father for showing you. You didn't get that from men. And that was really significant to me as a reminder as I've been trying to be a friend to one of my doctors uh, Mm -hmm. who says he thinks he knows Christ better than most of his patients, but I don't sense any sense of trust or recognition of Christ as being a savior or Lord. Hmm. And as I even felt the pressure not to leave him until he might change his mind, it was a, a relief for me to read about how Jesus was telling Peter that he didn't get that knowledge from men, but the father had given it to him. And so I, I I felt free to leave this person with done my best to share with him and it's up to God to work in his life to help him see the truth if he's going to Mm -hmm. so I thought that was a significant thing for me from the Israel trip to be able to understand one of my situations that way had you ever known that that place was a place of worship for other religions? No, not at yeah, all. I didn't either. And did you see up on the side of the mountain, there was also a building that was, it looked really cool. So I was like, oh, what is that? And I believe they said it was a sacred place for Muslims that was like up higher to the left. Yeah, I don't remember that one. Yeah, I was just surprised that it was considered sacred from mm-hmm. multiple religions, which yep. I shouldn't have been surprised. That's how a lot of the different sites were. Mm-hmm. And it was nice seeing you- the actual size of the country to see. So like when... The rocket attacks from Gaza on the village near Tel Aviv happened while we were up by Galilee. And your mom saying, well, Mm -hmm. we were about as far removed as you could get from it. We were way north and it was south. But realizing that that really wasn't very far. 
and um, I got some pictures and a letter from a guy who works in Israel regularly of the home that was destroyed that night by the rocket on March 25th. And he was showing pictures of it and saying that one of the things that was significant about that rocket attack was that it was on a a house in a village north of Tel Aviv. That's the farthest that Hamas has been able to reach with their rockets that they've obviously Mm -hmm. had the rockets upgraded and uh, well that whole area isn't actually no, very large no. it's like here in the states when saying with Sarah Wiley that when you say down south people think about is it down like Carolinas or Georgia or Florida or somewhere but when you're saying down south in Israel it'd be like from here to Jackson <laughs> it's not a very big place mm-hmm. Yeah, things are much, much closer than I had ever thought they were. And to be up on the Golan Heights, to be able to look out and see places in Syria. And and this week, uh, not necessarily this week, but very recently, Trump recognized Israel's sovereignty over the Golan Heights. That was when we were there. That's the day that was while we were there. That's so, while we were yeah, it was oh, while we were there. That's why they, that was retaliation of the monsters. Mm. But, it was still really recent, yeah, though. That, that would fit with... Um, the Israeli 747 that we saw in New York, Netanyahu was here visiting Trump. And um, mm-hmm. Netanyahu. Yeah, as we were walking from the airport, we saw yeah. that airplane. Yep. That didn't have any logo on it. Nope. And had, you Star said, you saw, like limos by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Star David on it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Netanyahu promised that there was going to be a village in the Golan Heights named after Trump. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? So does that mean they have to go and, like, change a village name from what it's been historically to uh, it might, actual, It might be, like, or they might start Trump? another village. I don't know. <laughs> Pay people to move to the village? <laughs> I don't know. People like Trump. that's interesting but i mean can you imagine though if they came in they were like we're changing your town's name and they just change it Mm -hmm. Hmm. okay (laughs) anything else yeah you're gonna say something When your mom asked if I had time to do this with you, and I said, yep, I'd be sitting out here. I 
picked up the mail while I was waiting and in the mail today I got my last the, the new issue of Sim Roots which is the magazine that I get a couple times a year sent out to missionary kids and so this edition is the 40th anniversary year sim roots and so i just started reading it and republished a couple articles from the 25th anniversary edition by people that i grew up with and kind of interesting seeing what they had written back 15 years ago. Talking about the... Anybody you knew? Oh, yeah. Yeah, talking <laughs> about the first SIM reunion at Wheaton College, 1981. Wait, you weren't here? 1981. 81. Oh, I remember being there in 91. Yep. Were, Fun. We were over. Oh, we were there in 81. We weren't married yet. Yeah. Where was the first one located? Wheaton College. I thought you went, the one you went to before that was in California. The one I went to in California was a Hillcrest reunion. What was the difference between Hillcrest and SIM? Hillcrest was a intermission school, so we had about five different missions involved in it. And a lot of the kids that grew up at Kent Academy, which was an SIM school, chose not to go to Hillcrest. So they weren't involved with the Hillcrest reunions or the Hillcrest Round Robin. So they started the Sim Roots to include them. And it kind of went from there, grew from that. So the SIM Hillcrest reunions kind of got combined somewhere after that. Is the one in California the one that you rode your motorcycle out to? Yes. Paul rode his motorcycle out with me. Did you guys have a smooth trip out? <laughs> well, we made it there and back safely. We uh, hadn't gotten out of Michigan yet when a tire blew and we were able to stop in Niles and get that fixed. And then we're going across Nebraska, and one of the ignition coils on the Honda 350 went out, so I was only running on one cylinder and was able to get into a Honda cycle shop and got that fixed. And we stayed at a state park, which had a sign about no sleeping overnight there, but we pulled in late and had our sleeping bags on a picnic table and 
figured if the state police came and moved us on, we'd get up and go, but no one bothered us until the next morning we were on our way. And uh, we stopped in Denver, Colorado. And uh, stayed a, a night, just a, several hours there with uh, McDonald's. And then left from there early in the morning because it was going to be a high altitude getting across the Rockies. And we didn't know how our motorbikes would handle it. My 350 had a hard time by going early in the morning while the air was the coolest. Able to get the most power out of the engine. We made it up over the, the pass and then from there it was downhill to California. Stopped for a few hours after getting through Las Vegas. We stayed under an overpass so we could park our bikes off the edge of the highway and get up to the ledge under the overpass and put our sleeping bags out there where we were sheltered. Slept there for a few hours and then got going again. And I had, it was back when President Carter was president and there was a fuel shortages because of embargoes from the Middle East. And so there were long lines of people trying to get gas, gas stations in California. So I had made running boards on the sides of the motorbike so that it didn't have to keep feet on the narrow pedals for a long time and vibration irritating feet. But for the trip to California and back, I'd mounted a couple gas cans. Since I didn't have a passenger on the motorbike, I, the rear part of the running boards on each side had a gas can on it. So someone commented, well, if you wiped out, you'd blow up. I said, yeah, well, I'm not planning on wiping out. And made it into California with enough gas to get back out of California. Was it just California that was having problems? It was the, that was the, where the population was high enough for it. The, the demand was greater than the supply and we didn't have problems getting gas anywhere along the way, but California was in the news that they had long lines of people at gas stations trying to get gas. So we figured, well, motorcycles would get enough miles to the gallon, and we took enough gallons in with us to be able to get back out. and. And on the way out, we wanted to go along the Grand Canyon for a while. As we got into Arizona, there was an area where we learned that in unpopulated or sparsely populated areas, the map companies would draw in artificial roads so that if anybody 
violated their copyright laws. If they saw those fake roads on there, they'd know that their copyright had been infringed on. Well, Did Paul, that affect your directions, though? Paul and I didn't know that. And as we were going to go through the country, it was partly Indian Reservation north of Grand Canyon. We discovered that our maps didn't match the roads we were on. And so we knew about where we were geographically, but we didn't know where the roads were. The road we were on was going, and it didn't show up on the map, and we didn't know where the roads would be to go, get where we wanted to go. So it got dark, and we pulled off of the side of the road, dirt road and just figured, well, it's night. We can't see anything around us, so we slept there. In the morning when it got light enough to see, we saw a little building up ahead of us. And when we got to it, there was a like a small grocery store, mm-hmm. and it was open. We went in. There was a, one man in there who was the storekeeper owned the place, and so we went in and figured he's a local. We'll ask him about the roads, and. As I asked him about him, somebody else came in the door, and he just said, well, ask that man who just came in. So he turned around, and it was the county sheriff. And so he asked him about the roads, and he, of course, asked us where what we were doing, and we, we told him where we come from, where we, what we were doing, where we were going, and he was from Kalamazoo, Michigan. <laughs> Oh, small world. So after getting some laughs over that, he told us about the the map companies making roads that didn't match and why they did that. And yeah, we were in one of those areas. So he told us how to get back to the highway that we were going and wanting to get to. So that was an interesting experience there. How long of a trip was it to go out and back or each way? I think it was two. I think we were three nights. Each way? Going each, I think it was three nights each way. I don't remember on the way back. It might have been four nights on the way back. I don't know. I remember the nights on the way out there, but on, other than the one in Arizona when we didn't know where the roads were going. That's the only night I really remember on the way back. That was in Arizona? Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned the Grand Canyon. Did you guys actually stop and see the Grand Canyon? Um, we didn't stop on that on that ride, no. 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 What year was it that you went out there? Oh, I don't. I'll have to ask Uncle Paul for a year. He would be able to tell you specifically. Yeah, based on when you graduated. Well, it was in the, 
I'm just thinking that if they had a reunion in 81 at Wheaton College and we had three years space between them now, I don't remember if it was three years back then, but that would have made it in 78. And that, Were you in college uh, at the time when you yeah, did it? Yeah, I was, I was in college then. So it was during the summer off. And once I got into vet school, we didn't have summers off. So... 78 would have would have fit that would have been the, when I, between mm-hmm. when I was doing the undergrad stuff and starting vet school did you ever do another cross-country road trip with Uncle Paul not that I can remember no Mm-mm. Just that one fun adventure. Yeah, we've gone to the reunions, but never together. We've gotten there the mm-hmm. same place, and sometimes we've flown. Sometimes we've driven, but never ridden a motorbike to another one. Paul has, and Uncle John, and I think Uncle Phil maybe did too, but. Mm-hmm. well thanks for talking I'm going to get going because we actually have a dinner with some of Mitchell's um, students that work for him so I'll talk to you again soon have hopefully. a good dinner thank you, you too <laughs> bye for now bye for now